table. Now the Eagles to come back again to fall forward. Oh, Barney! Darling tapping. Darling again. Gives it to Ryan. And then Ryan's little kick is a good one to Kennedy. Yes! 50. McGovern. McGovern. What a player. What a mark, Bruce. What a mark. And he goes to Your hosts are Wazza, Dan and Wayne. All right, it's a podcast for the fans of the West Coast Eagles. Brought to you Podcast Central as every week. Uh, it's a big show ahead, guys. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of AFL in Final Siren. We'll recap how the Eagles smashed uh, our favourite son and the Bombers. And then bounce and we'll get on to the up-and-coming game at MCG. But before we get into the footy, we can't go past... The passing of Spud Frawley, a favourite mm. coach, player, administrator, media personality, unfortunately uh, lost his life, hitting a tree in a car. Um, it was a bit sad news, wasn't it? Yeah, very sad and came out of the blue and um, you know, all the best to his family. He's got two daughters and three, 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 daughters. three daughters, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, so wish yeah. them all the best. Deepest can yeah, dolls to his family and just probably on that out there, if we've got a lot of guys out there. Please, if you've got mental health, go and get some help. Yeah, uh, it's Beyond uh, Blue, Lifeline. Yeah. Uh, don't be scared to come out and say anything. We're all men. Uh, back 20 years ago, we all kept it inside. Don't bottle it up. Um, unfortunately, guys like this, they uh, get to a point where they don't know any other way. And if it is suicide, has it been confirmed if it was suicide? Has it been confirmed? Has it been confirmed? No, I don't but think they will. But let's just hope it, not, hope it isn't. Um, but, yeah... Uh, everyone liked him. He's one of these guys that was uh, it crossed boundaries. You know, it didn't matter what team he went for. You liked uh, him. He's larger than life. Yeah, yeah, and very great footballer too. Nine years as captain of St Kilda. Yeah, good fullback. That's, that's yeah, great fullback, and probably one of the fittest players. I mean, I read a story from Nathan Buckley the other day where, when they were in training, he was an assistant coach at Collingwood. They'd ran the eight hundreds, and Spud would run the. 800 with the top runners and win. Oh, and that's amazing. an assistant coach. He didn't look fit. No, no, very fit apparently. Very but fit player. He was a good fullback. He went up against Dunstall and Ablets and yeah. people like that. So, um, yeah, sad. Anyway, all right, let's get on to footy. Um, the show is all about Nick, and we're going to speak about Nick a lot more in the final siren. But let's just talk briefly about the game and the, the bit where Nick got his hair pulled, and then free merit into the fence. Is that what the game's going to be remembered for, or what? Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think. I think it was just past. You know, you, you mm. see so many worse incidents than that, you know, throughout the years, um, of throughout a season, sorry. And um, I don't think it was that bigger issue. Right outcome, both got a fine. You know, yeah. you pull someone's hair, of course they're going to remonstrate with you. So, I do, you th- do you think he was lucky with um, Toby Green a few days later? Pulls a hair that rams a guy's head in the ground. He got a seven thousand dollar fine, and Nick yeah. got one. Uh, that was more because he was making contact with the face. Mm. And I think to the AFL have shown at finals, they want their best players to be playing, so they're going to look at leniencies. Yeah. I think if Merritt 
had been injured like like Gov got a week for his, but the guy got oh, concussed and never came back on the ground. Yeah. If Merritt had broken a collarbone or got concussed, yeah. I guarantee you Nick would have got a week. Yeah, it's very much based on the outcome. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, where everyone was stuck um, the player as shield at the ground. Yeah. They saw the number. And every time we went for the boy, he got booed, and I'm sitting there going, you got the wrong player, guys. It was uh, Merritt, you know. Merritt's the only one to do it, too. <laughs> no, he worked it out once they showed it um, a few times after half-time. Um, look, Eagles are still in the chance to get uh, to the grand final. So, again, get on Eagle Air uh, Facebook page. They're arranging, uh, what do you call it, a plane to go over, chartered plane. So if you can't get a ticket and you're going to grand final, uh, check them out. And the Eagles ballot come out yesterday. So you've got until September 18 to register. Um, so not everyone can go to grand finals, only like 14,000 out of the 90,000 people. So good luck if you go on the ballot. Um, some more footy stuff. Brendan Bolton, good to be back at in a football team. Yeah, it's good as a to, yeah. coaching director, isn't good, it? Good to see him go back in, still in the game because he's, yeah, he's a great personality of the game. It was good to see he's not lost. Yeah, yeah, he was such a highly rated assistant coach too before mm. getting the senior gig at uh, Carlton. So, yeah, why wouldn't he? Um, Alan Richardson ended up at Melbourne as well. So it's good to see these senior coach, coaches that no longer have that job anymore because they're so respected around the industry that they are getting these other jobs at other clubs. Uh, yeah. Brad, Scott, Brad Scott's been employed by AFL too for certain... Areas too, I believe. So. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I thought he might have got another coaching gig. Um, and um, what was I going to say? I've just forgotten to say. Brendan Bolton, um, maybe he was on a hiding to nothing at Carlton because when he did fill in for Clarkson, he was filling in the team that was a premiership mm-hmm. team. And he's gone to Carlton and probably Carlton probably expected a bit too much. I actually think he lasted a year longer than he would have, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, yeah I mean... Carlton's a tough gig at the best time. It's going to be interesting how David Teague goes. He had a good run at the end there and has been re- has been appointed for three years. But it's going to be interesting to see how they do lift because I, I think they've suffered from the John Elliott days where they stuffed up everything and lost all their um, lost all their draft, draft picks yeah. and everyone thought it's going to take fifteen years for them to recover and it just about has. Well, that's well, the thing. I think they rate their list so highly that they're a lot harsher on coaches. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Mick Moldhouse. They rated that list so highly. They brought in Dale mm-hmm. Thomas and that. Um, and yeah, they just rated it high. There's no depth. As soon as the players go down, their best twenty two is a great twenty two, but they're young. As soon as they get injuries, the depth's not there yet. Well, uh, the caretaker coach is no longer a poison chalice. No one ever wanted to do it because you never got a job. So three out of three so far. The only coaching position to go is Fremantle. And basically, I'm not being an arsehole there, but who'd want that? Yeah, but... If they get their shit right off-field, I reckon they'll be all right. I mean, um, uh, Longmuir is highly rated by a lot of people. He was highly rated at the Eagles. He's highly rated at Collingwood. And, and also, I think um, Sumich is highly rated. And I think anyone that goes in that job will improve that club. Well, oh, well they, they will. They, I guarantee it. Longmuir is going to get it because all his mates are on the coaching panel, mm. uh, selecting panel, and his mates are Peter Bell as well. And I, I, personally, I wouldn't be taking somebody that's played for the club because mm. history says... People that go coach a club I play for don't get really much success. There's not many. There's only a few. You probably count them on both hands. Yeah, I'm counting. I reckon uh, Longmuir will get it. Um, key thing for me is he's cheap. Because they've come out and it's already been released. They can't afford to pay a coach yeah. much money. All right, a few little useless stats. Um, if Geelong lose against the Eagles, they become the first team 
to finish first and out in straight since 94 on the final eight system that's we got now but if you go right back to 1983 North Melbourne were the last team to go from top and straight out did you know that? no no. I did because I read the run sheet. <laughs> <laughs> and Friday the 13th, uh, what is it? Um, Geelong was the last team to win a final on that date. And if they beat the Eagles uh, this week, um, that's 13 consecutive Friday night final. Yeah, right. So 13, if you like the number 13, only thing I like about number 13 is Luke Shuey. <laughs> because that's the only good thing. So 13's gone, Luke Shuey's going to have a blinder. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. All right, let's get on to question time. Um, you've probably worked out how you can answer these. Who's better at centre-half back, Djakovic or McGovern? See, I had old, old question, can anything live up to the past? Because of nostalgia, you know. The music was always better in the day. The game was better in the day. Really the music. players were better <laughs> in the day. And that's what I find with this debate. And I'm a, I suffer from that as well. We had this question earlier in the year, and I actually had Jacko because of the nostalgia and the fact uh, he played on Kerry. But again, that goes into was he as good as he, would he be as good then as he is now? But I've actually now changed to Gov, and that's two main reasons: is he has two AFL VFL all time records. He has the most intercept marks ever in a season, and he also got the, this one this year fourth uh, to get his fourth consecutive. All Australian, he's done that with the least amount of games ever played yeah, by an ever. AFL yeah. VFL player. So he's now at his age the best. Like, I mean, he's got the two best records for those two yeah. stats. Two records, four-time All Australian. So I'm thinking, well, I'm leaning now towards Gov. And you've got to ask yourself the question: If he's not the best now, do you think he will be in the future? Because I'm turned now. I'm wondering if you guys will turn I'm, later. I'm still sitting on the fence. I think he just needs an extra. If I'd put McGovern ahead if they win another premiership. Yeah, I, I I disagree with all of it. I but, but I think too we're in different eras too. Yeah, we're um, Jacko played an era where it was if you're one on one. if you're backman you had to play on your your yeah. forward player. I think Gubbs in an era where they free up their great player great players like him. You look at the the, the intercept players or even Dylan Grimes. You know he plays on people. Uh, Alex Rand and they freed up. So they can take those intercept marks. Now watch Jacko play a lot because that was the days I used to go nearly every week. And to me, he could defend, he could intercept mark, he could run off, he could. Re- he was a great reader of the play, and I, I just think he played on. He played on great players like Carey, Silvani. Um, he played on Ablett. He played on so good full forwards Barry Stoneham, Billy Brownless, and he beat them. And yeah, to I- me. I guess it comes down to what area you brought up on. Yeah. Um, I just quickly saying that Gov's a great player. Yeah. No yeah so that, that's that's almost what I was saying with the nostalgia part is mm. like your rating by comment your rating the past forwards is better than these forwards. Yeah. And I agree with the way defenders play. Hundred percent. It's such a zoning in golf you mm. play thing. But an interesting stat last year was Gov was won the most one on one contest out of any player in the uh, any backman in the competition. And so he, he can play. That style, mm. but you can't argue with that, can you? Because no. it is—it's all about intercept marking, going off the player, and protecting zones. Now, I, I brought the question up because I was at the footy on uh, last Thursday, and the guy goes, oh, you know, he comes up good one on one, and the first contest was one on one, and he won it easy." Mm. And I said, "Well, there you go. That just killed your yeah. argument." Yeah. <laughs> and also, because you think you start comparing—is Sumer a better full forward than JK? 
I mean, you, again, there you're looking at two unbelievable full forwards. I reckon JK by mile. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very hard to compare. Yeah. All right, should Friday night's game be at the Cattery? Uh, I went first now. I'll let you answer first. Well, on, on theory, say yes, but I'm glad no. Yeah, me too. I, I, uh, but if, if Friday night's game was there, and they felt I'm just going to come out and say, or your final is going to be at the uh, MCG regardless. Mm, which because, Or if you want them at the Cattery, that means you have to take a big loss in revenue and Collingwood and the big-name clubs have to go down there. Mm. Yeah, I reckon definitely not because it wasn't against Collingwood. But at the overall picture, if they win their home final, it should be on their home oval. Mm. So if they're like, right, you get your home games, then we should play there. But if it's 50-50, no, it should all be in one Well, spot. I know if I was Geelong, I'd be lobbying the government to put another 30,000 seats in there and that will mm. kill the thing out. But I don't think they can do it. I have actually heard it is a, like one of the most outdated... They only got yeah. new lights like a but couple you, of years if, ago. If you go back to the VFL days, all the finals were played at Waverley and um, MCG. Yeah. They were never played. They never got a home grand final. It's only since yeah. we've come in. I think it's Chris Scott just... Yeah, not having his mind on having the a whinge. Uh, quickly, was Dustin Martin set to miss out an AA selection after, especially after the week? Not at all. He had a terrible half. So he he played well at the end. My biggest stickler with that is why is Bontepalli in that team on a wing? He didn't play in the wing all year. Yeah, well, they had and that discussion th- that they put all mids in there and they class it wing as a mid. Um, yeah. I totally agree with Dan there. Yeah, yeah. Gaff and McGluggage were so good. Even Whitfield played a little bit on the wing. I know mainly halfback, but he played on the wing. Those three were a genuine running mid-wingers. Uh, Chris Scott, what about Chris Scott? Did you hear what he said on the night? Uh, uh, with Dangerfield, he's never played half-forward in the last two years, so he got picked on half-forward flank. Yeah, so what yeah they play in deep or midfield, yeah, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what other player there other than Tim Kelly would you, you like the Eagles to go after in trade period? Well, I'll let you go for from then. I'm not sure on that one. Not many, to be honest. Uh, I, I'm always like the draft. I, I like to go into the draft. Um, I've always say that when people are like, get this player, get this player. Most of the time, you're after a fringe player. If he wants to leave that club, most of the time, it's because he's not getting the games. So I don't really want any other player. Mm. But I do want to go hard at Kelly, and I think yeah, I just think... that extra little bit. I don't care what they need to give up at this stage. I'm a bit more harsh on trading out players to get him, mm. as I am given whatever picks. I heard a rumor, and it's all rumors until it's established. But three picks under thirty, and one of them would have to be a first round pick at least, might be enough to do it. If not, it would be one of the Vicks, Petra, Venables, or Brand with a first round. Yeah, yeah, I can't see us picking anyone other than Tim Kelly. But if we had looked for one, I like Greenwood at um, Adelaide, and I know I know Peter Bell was over there interviewing him last week, but I, I rate him very highly. He's, uh, you know, yeah. he's you know he's a guy who who will fit in in our midfield if we need midfield. Depth. Probably wouldn't cost much either, and he wouldn't cost much. And but he would. You imagine he's again. He's not going to. He's a, he's a good tagger too, but he could fill in great with Shuey, Yo, Sheed, Gaff. Yeah, I reckon he'd go well. Um, an ex-player from Eagles, uh, Luke Partington, won the McGarry medal um, last night, was it? Um, will he get another lifeline at AFL level, you reckon? I think he's pretty unfortunate at Eagles. He's buying a great midfield. Yeah, area. I think someone will maybe rookie list him, but there, there's something happened there. Mm. There has because not only did we get rid of him, no one rookie list him or chased no. him either. And... That sounds funny because he always did well at waffle level. His numbers were always great. And now he's won best and fairest over um, 
I had whatever it is over there. I heard it was a rumor. It was the old fig jam attitude. Yeah. Mm. Um, thing, but who knows? I, I look, he, I look, he won the McGarry Medal. I look great. Too, good on him. Is he going to in an AFL team? Is he going to be in your top six midfielders? Yes or no? And I would say in the Eagles, I'd say no because no. we've got other guys coming in. Yeah, and other clubs will be looking at that as well. And yeah, good was, on him for winning. But I, I didn't rate him as high as most people rated him. I was surprised he got the cut, but unfortunately he did, and he's turned it around and good on him and mm. dedicated to his. Daddy passed away before he got drafted. So, all right, let's get into the final siren. Let's talk about Nick. It's the final siren. Uh, West Coast continued Essendon's long finals drought. I think I heard today it was 5,484 days without uh, a finals win. And the last person to get that was Kevin Sheedy. He was the coach. It was back in 2007, so it's a long bloody time. Uh, no, 2004, I think it was. Let me have a look at my run sheet here. It's only there somewhere. But, uh, we won by 55 points anyway. Eagles 17, 14, 116, defeated Essendon 9 goals, 7, 61. Um, there was a record crowd of 59,216 there, so that's the most that's been to an Eagles game, so that was pretty good. Excellent. It was bloody loud. Um, but before we get into Nick, I think it was a six-goal opening term that set up the victory, and uh, Kennedy bounced back. With you know, he was tall guys don't usually do big games, you know, in finals, but he he set up. Uh, he equaled his record for most goals kicked mm. in a final, so that's very good. And I think you comment yourself, you want him to stand up in finals, yeah. and he another one that uh, must listen to our podcast because he's <laughs> obviously done that. It was two thousand and four, the last time Bombers got a finals wins. That's a long bloody time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they've had a few coaches since then. Uh, look, the intensity was there from the outset, and that's what Eagles need to do against Geelong. But we'll get on to them later on in bounce down. Let's talk about Nick. How good was he, his impact on the ground as he played? Only 63 minutes of 120 minutes. Yeah, I think it's... That's half. Yeah, it equates to 53%, I think they said. And um, it's funny because people, uh, they make the comment his stats don't line up with the other Ruckman stats. But you compare him to any other Ruckman on that field mm. that day, his stats were still better mm. than them. Yeah, so he he's an impact player that has a massive impact, impact with little disposals. But yeah, he still had more disposals, more tap-outs, more marks, more scoring assists. All those were in favour of Nick Nat mm. over Bell Chambers and over Hickey. Well, he had 14 disposals, 4 intercepts, 10 pressure acts, 24 hit-outs, 4 tackles. I didn't even write down the 1% because he had heaps of them. Yeah. And he also had one dread pulled and one fence. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you go that wasn't recorded. We'll call that a choke slam. You, you know, go to a WD. comparison yeah. that Grundy... Grundy, if you saw his Grundy on his stats, he had... Um, he had uh, 26 disposals and 37 hitouts, but he played uh, 91% of the game. So you compare that to Nick. Well, Nick's now if Nick had played 91% of the game, he would have the same. Yeah, and, and they think Simo. Simo's going to up his. They reckon they're looking at 80% this week. Well, um, if you have a look at his heat map, I think he's stolen somebody's heat map because yeah. he stayed in the centre. Yeah. And if you have a look at it, it looks like a goat. Yeah. Hmm. And see, the yeah. thing is, Bell, Bell Chambers is a strong ruckman. He's actually quite a good, under, strong body where Cats didn't even go in. They dropped Reese Was it Reece Stanley? They dropped, yeah, yeah, going in. So Grundy could just dominate because he wasn't against a genuine ruck. And we, me and Dan, we were talking on the weekend, um, seven goals from centre bounces. That's an AFL record. And the average is 10 points. Yeah. Mm. So that shows you the dominance Eagles had at centre bounces. Yeah, so 47 points were scored 
from centre bounces averages ten. That's amazing, isn't it? Really? Yeah. So, yeah. Have a look at the. We won everything. No, so we won the disposals by forty, uh, contested possessions by thirty-two. The free kicks were the same, so you can't complain about the kicks. They won the clearances by one, but we won the centre clearances seventeen to twelve. Stoppages they won, which is weird because we did win stoppages. But inside fifties we had twenty six more. We had thirteen marks to four. Shows you where the game was won <coughs> in the air. Tackles was cancelled out. That was it. But hitouts thirty eight to eighteen. And what did I say? Um, Nick Nat had twenty four of those hitouts, mm. and he was only on the ground half the time. So it shows you where the game was won. Yeah, I think Hickey too. I thought had a. I thought I said in the post on the weekend. I thought he was really quiet in that first quarter, but he the played really well. Quiet. He played really well the last two and a half quarters. Listen, mm-hmm. halfway through the second quarter, he sort of got going, and last played a very good last half. So, all goes good for those two to be playing together. I don't no think question. he came off the ground after half time. I think he stayed on the ground the whole time. He played a fair bit more mm-hmm. because obviously once they had that one, I think they sort of yeah. limited Nick's minutes a bit more. Yeah, awesome to second fiddle to Nick Nat, isn't he? To have that mm-hmm. as a backup. Um, I just love all this talk about Nick Nat, but I didn't even actually have him best on ground. I know a lot of people do because mm-hmm. he's such a polarizing character out there mm-hmm. and a player out there. And um. I didn't just have such an even, yeah, just such an even spread of players, and that's what I love to see. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's top three would was different, and just that's a premiership team to me. That's a one that will go on to a dynasty, not just have a one-off year yeah. success, because the talent is just so widespread throughout that squad. Well, let's look at the voting with the next generation. Shuey got three, Nick Nat two, Cripps one. So Yo's going to win that because he's six out of Shuey. But the coaches' votes, this is how it went. Jamie Cripps, 10. Shuey, 8. Nick Nat, Nui, 4. Mm. It's, it's, it's interesting. I, I picked Luke. And Josh Kennedy, 3. I had Luke as our top player, top Luke Shuey. And I think I made note of my votes. I said I would have given Cripps top votes, but I thought he missed two sitters where he ran into open goals and just missed them. If he got them, I probably would have given him top votes. Well, he ended up four goals, three points, with mm. 22 touches, 12 score involvement, 23 pressure acts. That's where he's... He's valuable. Oh, His yeah. pressure acts are unbelievable. He's tackling. Um, is, is 400 brilliant. metres gained. But all our forwards did the role. Uh, Ryan, three goals. Darling, two. Waterman, two goals. You compare them to Essendon's. Their forwards didn't stand up. Their tipper, tipper Woody, he kicked two goals. One was in dead time. And one was from a mm. uh, advantage rule where everyone stopped. That was ridiculous. Right? Right? And that was ridiculous. That should have been called back. And the only other one that got a goal was... Fantasia, hmm. and all the rest of the guys hardly even touch a ball. Stringer was MIA, but see, I... I, I uh, McKernan had four touches. I think I had Shuey or Cripps, but maybe he swapped around, I'm not sure. And I gave one to Josh Kennedy, because power forwards don't usually kick four goals in that. So I had to scrape him in for one um, one goal. You know, I, look, I, just, I hope we don't get too carried away, too, because it was like the Dockers game. We won by 93 points. We got smashed in the inside 50s, even though we won by 91 points or 93. Next week, we came out and we lost. Yeah. We got beat it. This week, I, look, I, and I've always said this, the top eight rewards mediocrity. And I, I don't care. Yeah, no, it should be top six. The bold, the Bulldogs. I still, even though they're in good form, I think I tip Giants would win that easy, in which they yeah. did. And Essendon, you know, they were Essendon didn't put it in the first half, but they didn't put much of a fight up. No. You know, Hurley was injured. Clearly, clearly couldn't move that shoulder. Clearly, you know, um, JK got him on a great night because there's no way he could do. Oh, I'd that like shoulder. to say top six, but then you go, there goes your money again. That's right. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I like the system they have because. They do get kicked out, but 
I agree with the mediocrity, and that's why this t- top ten wild cards idea is just so bad. No, You're ridiculous. then rewarding ninth and tenth. Yeah. There's, only one, per- way too there's only one person driving that. That's Gil. No, that's oh. Craig Hutchinson. Gil, Gil loves it. He went. He goes to the states and he sees what they do. It's because it's all about the show. He thinks it as a showpiece. It's a entertainment, and that's the only reason he's pushing it. And I don't think he'll ever come in. Mm. Let's talk about Mrs. September. We we briefly talked about him. Shuey. He just seems to love this time of year. Thirty-four mm. touches, four marks, six score involvements, three goal assists, four tackles, eight clearances, ten inside fifties, five hundred and thirty-four meters gain. He he was by far. My, in my opinion, the best on the ground. I agree. Oh, I wish I had this stat. I, I saw it and I just didn't memorise it. And Jack Redden was pretty close behind him, in my opinion. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that because it just reminded me of it. The th- um, top five best finals players, and the way they worked this stat out was the from their stats during the season to when they played finals, the lift, so the difference kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So who improves in finals? Three of the top five were Eagles. It was Luke Shuey, Jack Redden... And you won't guess the third one. So he came in at fifth. Andrew Gaff? Barass. Barass. So we had had three players Mm. in the top five for finals players whose, when they play finals, they've made for finals. Their stats just increase. Mm. So they have the biggest increase in finals. And Tommy had a great game on the weekend. He he did. As we said, you've got to keep going there. When you let him off the chain, he just dominates innocent Mm. marks. He spoils. He just kills the play Mm. so many times. Well, I suppose one player couldn't have been included in that because he didn't play last year. But Andrew Gaff, 34 disposals at... 555 metres gain. He was everywhere. He did rush a few kicks, but he played one of his best games of the season. Yeah. But because Shuey played so good, Nick Nat knew he had such impact, people didn't see it. Mm. It, but I think what? He, he's, a, he's a victim of his own class. Mm. He's so consistent that people just expect that from him. Because he, he averages, like, I think 32, 31 disposals a game. That's his average. So it's just they expect... If he has a 28, 29 possession game, people say he's had a bad game. But by anyone else's standard, that's a great game. But I like about him, because I, I watched it when I watched those games live I went to, he's a great link player. He His efforts to run, to he, he knows where the ball's going to go. He links to that, gets the handball, and people say he gets cheap little kicks. But when you watch him, he... he Gut runs as good as Ben Cousins. That's Mark it. He's run. running to where he needs to be yeah. to get that ball. I, I didn't sit where I normally do because of the finals. You don't get your seat. And I sat up behind the goals in the third tier up. And I, I saw two players that sitting up there and watching the way they play from that height mm. just dissect and kill Essendon was Lewis Jetta oh, and Willie Ramaldi. I was just amazed, and I had Bombers fans next to me, and they were sitting there going, this guy's just cutting us up. His kicks, he was looking one way and he kicked the other way. And it went 45 metres and straight down to Willie Rowley, bang, down, we got a goal. And we just killed him. It was like just poetry in motion, as they say. Mm. When, oh, yeah. when we're on in form with our kicking, no one can beat us. Yeah. We talked about the Hawks game, and we talked so much about that. Our kicking was our, our disposal efficiency off, and we got hurt. We won most stats, but we got hurt because of our the poor disposal vision. When it's 75, 80%, and Jetta comes alive, Hearn comes alive, you touched on Rioli, our link players, we dominate. We carve teams up. I don't know if you've noticed, Hearn kicked on his left foot nearly all night. Mm. Yeah. So good yeah. on his left foot, though, isn't and, he? You know, how good is that? To, you got a dodgy right uh, hammy. And he's kicking on his left foot and he's kicking mm. 50 metres. Um, and, I think, I do and I think I said uh, about 
three or four weeks ago, I, I and I, I'm glad someone else wrote it as well. I think you might have was a, you know, Jed is the most elite best kick in the AFL. Oh, yeah, by with, a long without shot. without anyone in, in his, near him at the moment. And they're, 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 they're talking about that a bit now too over mm. East because it's just they've seen it on display mm. too much. It's just amazing. It's and elite. when you see it from an aerial, it's even. Better. Oh no, it's, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's a, it's a sight to behold. It's unbelievable. Uh, let's quickly talk about the bombers. Um, you know, they didn't turn up. Uh, Saad probably was the only one that actually did anything, but even then he got howled quite a lot. He didn't have his same effect as he usually does. He's, he's still going 583 metres, um, got two goals, but apart from that, uh, McGrath and Heppel, they got a lot of ball, but they got on the half-back line. Um, McGrath was everywhere, I thought, but he was just getting those cheap handballs. He's in the link, but no one could run him up. Merritt... But his disposal just lets him down. But the guy that probably kept him in the game for a half was Dylan Shield because he cut the angles. Mm, yes, yeah, I agree. And I, no, I, I, no, people write that the Vicks wrote about Heppel, but I never find him as damaging as some of some of them. He does get a lot of possessions. A bit. His first quarter was really good. Mm, he um, he actually him. kept him probably in the game. Yeah. I think. Um, I'm actually with Wayne. I'm not a huge fan of Heppel myself. But I mean, I like McGrath, and you know, I agree with Shield. Um, and, but I, like, I thought Saad played pretty well, and I really, th- I thought um, Hutchie really struggled to get pace with him. Yeah, I couldn't keep up with him. But, but again, I agree. The fact that we went to him and tagged him, I think Saad was their best player, mm. and I didn't really like that considering that's the player we tried to tag. Two goals from the back line, that's not really great when you're tagging him. Yeah. It probably didn't hurt us as much because they didn't do anything else around no. the ground. Like you said before, Stringer, he was missing in action. His, his chase of the ball was pathetic. Mm. He's lucky giving up. Kyle Hooker had n- did nothing. He had a shocker. It was probably his worst game he's played. Um, McKernan, four possessions. That is, their big men just didn't fire a shot. Oh, I think Hooker's passed it. I don't mean last year. I like Hooker. I like Hooker. Yeah, no, but he's 31 now. He's coming on to 32. He's, to me, I think they just need he, to keep him down back. He just looks uh, too slow. Father time catches up with us all, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it, really? Oh, nah, man. We're all young. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look. Um, it was a great win. It's the first time Eagles have won a final by 55 points ever. So that's pretty good. And it's the first time we've beaten Essendon in a final. So now we've got that off um, off the history books that we've got one up on them. So it's all going to be worthless if we can't do what we want to do this Friday night. So let's get into the bounce down. <laughs> Bounce down. Okay, Eagles travel to Melbourne. It's gonna, they're gonna have to do it three times if they want to get to the grand final and win it. We play uh, Geelong this Friday night, MCG on Friday the 13th, as we said at the top of the show. Um, the last five times we met, the Cats killed us this year at the Cattery, 58 points. <laughs> we beat them by 15 points last year at Optus. The year before that, we beat them by 13 points at Subi, and they beat us again at the Cattery. Seems an ongoing thing down the Cattery because only interstate teams go down there. And Eagles, 56 points in 2015. They're another team that we only play once a year, probably due to where we finish in the ladder, I guess. Mm, I think so. So we don't get to challenge ourselves as much as what other teams are. But, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Go Friday night. One stat with the Cats. Of their last 12 games where they've got beaten badly and beaten well, last 12 times, 11 games they've won next time. 
Yeah, I'm glad that they didn't get absolutely spanked. They only lost by ten points because I find like well, they should have won. Generically, the yeah. when they get a team gets thrashed, they're just torn apart in the media. They come out firing, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. I remember even Carlton did that a couple of times. But this is the game I wanted. I actually wanted. Um, you look at it, especially when they're six. Sometimes, as Wayne touched on, seven or eight. Sometimes a team will scrape in. It's not quite finals ready. But at this stage, when it's a top six. There's no easy games, and you're playing good teams. There's mm. no no ifs about it. You're playing good teams now. You're playing the best in the comp. But to pick any team I'd want to play, it's the Cats, because, A, we've already touched on, the MCG is not their home ground. We play the MCG better than them, funny enough. And the second one, B, is we touched... We had a, almost a whole segment dedicated to Nick Nat. We're so happy we touched on Hickey being good. Our rucks are so good right now. That's their weakest link as well, is their rucks. Mm. So to me, this is, I said, no easy game, not guaranteed to win, but looking at the other five contenders right now, if you said, who did you want to play at the MCG? I'd pick up Cats, I'd put them there, and that's what I'd want to verse. And if only you just said, uh, the Ruckman, Hickey, last time we played and we got beaten by 58 points. Best on ground. Best on ground. Yeah. So, Didn't um, you have like two but, goals, 28 disposals yeah. or something? Yeah. Ridiculous. So I, I find that hard with Geelong. Geelong won some big games at the MCG in mid-season because they have the Easter Monday there every year with Hawthorne. They've won big games there and with some players that are in that still in that team. So oh, yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't wipe them I, off. I, I cannot believe I think they lost to people, Hawks as well though, this year. Yeah, they've lost there as well. I can't they've believe people are writing Geelong off, but... they got good players in yeah, that I, team still. I, I listen to a lot of Victorian-based media podcasts and they're all saying that it's their game. You yeah. know, they're going to lose. I'm saying, how can you say that? You got yeah. If Ablett turns it on and turns back the clock, you're in trouble. If you've got... Now let's talk about some of their players. If he turns back the clock, you're in trouble. Joel Salwood, he's been playing on a wing. Um, you know, I don't know how he's going to match up on him. I don't know. Does he match up on one of us? Dangerfield can't do it alone. Zay, hmm. so he had played a brilliant game the other night. That was one of the best games I've seen. Dangerfield got him in the back. He's the one yeah. that keeps him in the game. Biblax, he'll go... He'll go back to full-back. He'll go back to full-back because Reece Stanley will come in. That's right. Um, Tim Kelly, I think you put your tagger on Tim Kelly. I think you got to. I think because he gets a lot of easy ball. So you think like a Hutchings and Kelly? Yeah, I'd defensive, offensive on danger. Yep, that's why. That's why I'm I'm looking. I'd I'd have Yo run with danger. He'll have to. You know, like the Fife Dangerfield battle that time uh, when he was playing at Adelaide. I think if you ran Yo with him, I reckon. It not only is going to be good for football, it's good for footy fans, but I think it'd be just bring out the best in both of them. Um, Hawkins, I can't see Hawkins missing four goals again. You know, he missed four goals. Um, Rowan, I don't think he'll play, so that's probably yeah. a bonus because he killed us down at the Cattery. Um, and Tui, he, he, he can be dangerous as well. Yeah, and, and of course Duncan won't play. He'll, yeah, Duncan won't play. He's done. And what did he do? A knee. He's done yeah. a knee. Cam Guthrie's having a test on his car, but I heard today that he won't play. Oh, well, um, I heard he would. Mm, yeah, I heard he Games, mate, won't. games you won't know, will you, till no. the snake. Jordan Clark won't play because he's, he's out. Yeah. out. That's where an elbow. Uh, West Coast injury list, touch wood, bloody, bloody awesome. Yeah. yeah. There's, uh, there's no one really that would be on our injury yeah. list that would be in contention to play. So. As I said, I'm not actually wiping cats out because, as I said, there's no more easy games. But if you had to, it's an away game. Hmm. So what of the other five contenders that are still in it now would you prefer to play at their home ground? Well, if we change, we're only going to have... Like only, the only other two that travel today were Oscar and Liam Duggan. 
Yeah. They were the only two that travelled. Surprised because they held Cole Lott out. Yeah, held Cole out. Really weird, don't yeah. 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 yeah, I agree, and I and I was one who said, and I and I'm well, sure. That means I reckon Duggan might come in for Nelson then. But and Nelson then, flew, so if he was concussed, you would assume they would have. And then out already. there was a few smart asses on that pod. Uh, the the the, th- the post I wrote last week, I would be probably ready to jump it down my throat on this one because I said, which I do. I, like um, Duggan played a lot of game time in that waffle game. Whether he, he didn't get managed minutes, he he was on that ground a lot of the time because I watched it. I watched that whole game, but I think maybe they were trying to run him into a bit of form too. Because well, I got told that he played the least minutes of all the waffle um, at AFL. Well, he was on there a hell of a lot think, of that game. Yeah, I think the first half they didn't play much. I think the second half they did. And it's definitely a form. They got injured the wrong time. You know, yeah, getting exactly. the game time in, they need to get games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so who would you actually pick if you? Oh, oh that's no change. I'd be going in. If no, okay. no, I mean like. You've got five contenders. We're playing them away at their home ground. I wouldn't want greasy conditions in Brisbane. You never know what you're getting at G with GWS. Mm. Uh, yeah, Tigers well, and Tigers Collingwood. Or... It's MCG is their home I, ground. I'd go anyone I'd at Collingwood. Mm. I'd go Collingwood and or Cats. Mm. Yeah, and, and and even Tigers. Well, cause... Collingwood just beat Cats. So as I said, yeah. it's only those two reasons: the ruck and the fact that AFL forces them to play on MCG. That's not their home oval. Yeah. That's why. But I'm why would why to me? Why would Geelong want to play on this shit hole? When it's because I know eight meters wide, less wide, too far long, and then if you're not if you win that, it's all right getting to the big dance. But if you can't perform at the MCG, yeah, well, look what's at, the point? Look at our since we've moved to Optus, our record over because, east now because of that because it was very had, similar to Subi, wasn't it? Very long in Cattery's eighty nine percent. That's why they want yeah. to play there. And yeah. we've got Lath Lane too now, where they've got two grounds there now. They've got one size of Optus, MCG, the other one's the MCG. Yeah. So they've trained at the MCG ground all week. Yeah, and they're very similar. MCG's a little bit shorter and tiny bit wide, but so similar line. And we're going to get to train on MCG, which is good. No, so yeah, bless. They're, they're, they're laughing. Um, and he must have released Joey was on yeah. uh, Time On mm. podcast. He said yeah. we get to play on Hello Turf for once to train on it, so that's good. Yeah, so Look, much for us. Every time we go there, we get to play on it and <laughs> train on it. Well, you know, it is a VFL. Um, Look. As in the Bombers game, the game was one in the forward line. So where's the game going to be won this against oh, Cat? In the middle. It's This one is yeah. going to be one in the I, middle. I, yeah. I agree this week. I usually go forwards or backs, but I honestly believe... Both got great defences. Oh, yeah. yeah, they've got good defences. Yeah. Both got, got had all Australians defense. in there. Both got all Australians up forward, don't we? So we touched on Dangerfield. If Ablett goes in there, if Salwood goes in there, if Callie's in there... Shui, yo, Hutch needs to tag, and he needs to tag a lot better than he did against Saad. Yeah. And I'm sorry to say that, but it was evident, like, when you're tagging someone and it's usually not their best player, but then they are that best player in that game, mm. that's that's not good enough. You know, Redden needs to have a big one. Sheed needs to have a big one. Gaff needs to have a big one. We really need to take them in that midfield and run them. Because you made the comment, if Ablett has a good game, if this Salad has a good game, these are all 30-plus players. Mm. So we need to run them and tie them so they can't have that yeah. good, great, good I, game. I, I, think, I think they uh, Eagles run the ball a lot faster than the Cats do. Um, they move a bit slower. They've been saying it all, all year, mm. basically. But... Hey, with the exception when Dangerfield gets the ball yeah. in his hands, it goes quicker then. If they choose to bomb it in long, like Collingwood and Geelong did a lot too, I think Brass, Shep, Hearn, Garvey oh, were great inset markers. Mm. That that will hurt them, but I don't think they will. The, the, I think they realise that wasn't the way to play with how intercepted marking for Collingwood. They can't play like that. The, the key to Geelong, they finish in top for a reason, mm. but the key to beating Geelong is pressure. Yeah. You put the pressure on them, they don't like it. They, they like to hold the ball like we do, but they just don't move it as quick as us. Uh, that They used to be down the guts 
but now they go along the wings a lot. We, we run it out to our wings and then bring it in mm. inside. But, yeah, if the Eagles go in there with a, a, a truckload of pressure and from the bounce down, I think it's going to set the scene who wins the game. Yeah. But let's not be fooled because the Cats haven't done it and they got caught out against Collingwood. So they're going to come back. They're going yeah. to come out fighting. And the, 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 we need our two big key forwards performing again. I mean, Jack's going to get um, Harry Taylor. Bitsards is going to go to JK. Um, and they're both good players. They're really good players. So yeah, it'd be different. And, uh, yeah, look, and Ragged, Ragged Talia, yeah. he won't be in the ruck as much. So going forward, he, he sort of causes a few problems. Again, he's, he's tapered off a lot. Yeah, and he has, but um, a lot. he's a big unit. People, um, people knock Hawkins, but you know, he's All-Australian and he's kicked, he was in, what, top three goal kickers of the year. So Yeah, I, I'm a knocker. Though. I just think Lynch should have always been in there over him, I think. Brown doesn't do enough other than kick goals. So yeah. I think he was a bit lucky to make well, Hawkins that. First uh, half se- I just, Hawkins' yeah, I first half of the season was absolutely brilliant. I agree with great. that. And then he tapered yeah. off. And it's a bit much like the, the team. When Hawkins' uh, form started dipping, so did the team. Yeah, but when you're full forward in the Australian, All-Australian team and you're like the sixth leading goal kicker for the year, oh, there's got to be a little bit... He was bit third, wasn't he? he was third. No, he wasn't. He wasn't third. Yeah. You had uh, yeah. Brown ahead of him, Lynch ahead of him. Darling, Darling ahead of him and, and Cameron. Oh, Cameron. So fifth. Oh, yeah. yeah, but we're only, we're only talking about a one or two goals. Here. Yeah, but you still, know. it's like all Australian. It's like, I remember when um, Scotty Cummings won the Coleman medal and didn't make it, I was like, it was an uproar because I've always just assumed person wins the Coleman medal is just automatic fullback selection. Yeah. But it wasn't like that. Um, but again, it's like playing players out of position because Darling doesn't play on a half forward or in a pocket either. You know, he's half forward. Um, but speaking about uh, our key forwards, uh, JK and Darling combined for 100 goals. Mm. I don't think many teams have that where they're two mm. yeah. this year. Forwards have kicked 100. Well, um, let's get to it then. We won't delay the predictions any longer. Who do you think will win? Well, I, yeah, who do you think will win and how much by? I reckon Eagles by 17. I'll go Eagles by 12. Yeah. <laughs> I want Eagles to win. And oh, you chip into it, Sally. Chip into it. I give him the kiss of death when I say cats by three points. Oh, no. But Eagles. I'll have eight, 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 eight I'll just put my tipping hat on then, that's all. Best on ground, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go Redden for some reason. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Yo because I reckon he, if, he destroy, if he takes on Dangerfield and beats him, to me, that's best on ground. I'm going to show you for that stat I said earlier. <laughs> He's a finals player, that one. Yeah, first goal, I'm going for Liam Ryan this week. JK. I'm going to have a cripper. All right. Um, Eagle Nation, I oh, know, before we close up the show, boys, the waffle. Uh, fortunately, oh. the boys didn't uh, get the chocolates. Um, they lost by six points, I think it was. Uh, what was the score? 8 12 to 10 6 in and, favour of Claremont. And 10, as we're talking off there, I think it was one of the shortest last quarters I've ever seen in Waffle. Yeah. Oh, tinfoil hat time. I've, I couldn't agree more when it went because there was a blood rule, and the clock, as you know, the clock doesn't actually stop in Waffle for that. They just time on at the end. Well, Watson puts the ball down and took a minute or two breather on the side. You know, a couple goals were kicked and it was the shortest quarter and we were peppering those goals and we had the ball on the half forward line. Mm. Here we go, boys, here we go. And then the siren went and the commentators were like, oh, that was short. And I was sitting there, that's a 27-minute quarter at Waffle. Short ones are usually 28, 29 minutes. I was stunned. I just couldn't believe it. I was there, get the next one here. And then the siren went and I went, are you kidding me? Because yeah. so, I had my Eagles hat on, but I spent 
That is one of the shortest quarters I've seen in Waffle. Yeah. And like you said, well, what happened? Um, yeah, I've got to say, good sign, though. You know, Brayshaw played really well. I think well, Frankie Watson the, the played tackles, well. Mate. Josh Rotham. Brayshaw, 22 disposals. Josh Watson, Rotham. 21. They had like 115 tackles or something. Yeah. Massive. Archie, 19 plus one goal. Rotham, 18. Duggan, 15 plus one goal. But as we said, he's being put on the plane. He's a good play. Uh, two games within five days. I don't think he will. I don't think that'll happen. Williams, 14 disposals. 17 hit outs. Two I, goals. I really I tell you what, I like this kid. And the yeah, one thing I saw on the weekend, he's got a bit of shit about him. He doesn't take any shit nah, from anyone. Nah. And Petrocelli did all right. He uh, gave a bit of arrogance here. On Early, the he was very yeah. good with his pace. 12 goals, uh, 12, not 12 goals, 12 <laughs> possessions. But his possessions goal. were damaging. When you talk about that a lot, mm. he got so much meters gain. He ran, he set up two goals. And did he kick one or two himself? One. One, yeah. one but he set up two, like, give yeah. me mm. in the goal square from his pace and over the top hand. And I think it was Nick Reid kicked a few there. They're normally, yeah. that was yeah. some bloody good goals. Yeah. Um, um, and it was probably really one of the big mistakes where they kicked in and uh, made a meal out of it and uh, Claremont got that goal and mm. basically put him back in front. Um, all right, guys, hopefully we're back here next week with good news and we've uh, got a couple more shows left, but mm. we'll never know. Uh, Eagles got three games they're going to play to hold up the Holy Grail. If they don't, it's going to be looked as a failed season if they don't win this weekend. Mm. Um, you can sugarcoat it. If you don't finish in the top four after you win the flag, it's probably uh, a season that's... You know, you probably regret. It's funny you say that because I think I made these comments. If I take a step back, look at the season, um, I'll be disappointed as soon as we get knocked out. But if we make a prelim and lose, I step away and go, well, we made a prelim. We're two games off winning a premiership. Mm. And I think then I agree it's not a wasted season. You would still feel gutted, but like, that shows we're thereabouts. But we dropped a couple games we touched on we shouldn't have during the year, finished fifth. If we lose next week... It is a bit like you've just won an elimination I, I, round that season. I, I still don't believe it's made now to win back-to-back finals. No. Um, I no. just don't it's believe so it. hard. It's very hard. I think the AFL made it so you don't, with the Players Association, with lack of pre-season training, you just don't. Yeah, yeah it's not made to Only one team's done Richmond. in the last 15 years, haven't yeah, they? You know? well, 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 and if, it's MCG's their home ground. Well, yeah. well, if we do, we're going to be regarded as one of the great teams. Eagle Nation's on uh, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Download shows from there or you can go to multitude of podcast platforms. SoundCloud is our preferred, but there's <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and plenty more. Go to Podcast Central on Facebook. Go to Eagle Nation on Facebook. Go to West Coast Eagles Next Generation on Facebook and join up and hopefully we're here next week singing the Eagles song. That's, That's it. We'll keep rolling luck, with the boys. wins, eh? Let's go, boys. Thanks a lot, guys. See ya. Got it, Machine. Cripps. Shepard to Hooker. Leads the charge. Now Nelson. Beautifully read by Shepard. 